Hey everyone, welcome back to Above Board with Canderpath. You've got me, your favorite CFP, John Kennedy. No shade to you, Matt. Uh, we love you too. He's a, he's also a fellow CFP. But speaking of shade, we're going to be talking about shade today. We're talking about shady trees. And this conversation was inspired uh, a few weeks ago. Raina on our team actually reshared a blog that I wrote a couple years ago. And a lot of it was kind of built on this premise uh, of, of a quote from Warren Buffett. And you all, you guys know I love my quotes. And it's, somebody sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. So I started thinking, gosh, you know, it'd be good to, to make a podcast around this, uh, especially for a solo one for myself. And, and then I heard Riches, which is uh, about your, your sphere of power and, and influence. And so I'm like, okay, this, is, th- this was my sign, both from Raina and then from Rich, to, to have this conversation with everybody, everybody today. And I guess if you, if you think about planting a tree... You know, obviously, just inevitably, it's going to take root. It's going to grow over time. In fact, you know, really, you don't have to do a whole lot to support its growth, do you? I mean, really, it's 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 the air, the sun, the water, it's kind of all that it needs. And you don't dig it up every quarter just to check on how it's progressing. You're not gonna you're not gonna dig the you know uproot the tree and and store it inside over winter to protect protect it from the bad weather and the harsh elements that are out there. Uh, even though, interestingly, during that time, we all know trees stop growing, the leaves fall off, but the tree doesn't die. So if you give it enough room and enough time to grow, the tree will give you back air, it will give you shade and beauty as it grows. And so I think it's funny that we get so focused, not funny, that's not the right word, but it's interesting that we get so focused on what's happening within a month or a week, uh, or even maybe a day in, let's say, the stock market. You know, the intraday news that we all consume can create this sense of, of panic or urgency to do something right now. But just like the fall and the winter seasons, if we simply leave it alone, there's actually growth oftentimes right around the corner. And I guess it is a good time to hear this. You know, it feels like the proverbial winter is coming or we've, we've, all, or we've been stuck in it for a while already. And, and this is definitely true. This whole concept is true when it comes to investing, for sure. I think we often see clients feel this sense of urgency, like, I have to sell XYZ stock right now, or I must invest in this today before interest rates, you know, before the Fed raises interest rates again. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll refer to the whole cryptocurrency craze that happened and of course, for compliance reasons, I'm not going to go deep into recommendations or thoughts or, but you know, I do, I, I will refer back to that because I think anybody listening to this remembers over the last several years, you know, the, the rise in media attention of cryptocurrency and, and we saw a lot of people abandoning their strategy um, to invest in cryptocurrency because that was going to be the next big thing. Now, I'm not saying clients necessarily, and I'm certainly not here to be the judge and the jury on this situation, but I can confidently say that too much of anything is not a good thing. And that goes for diversification as well. We don't put all of our eggs in one basket. You've heard Matt and I say this a thousand times over. And, and sadly, I even, I even had you know friendships and relationships of folks that I know who put their crypto investment purchases on their credit cards as, in an effort to kind of like get in front of the surge that was supposed to explode and buy more of these types of investments only to find that they're paying back tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt when it didn't come to fruition the way that they thought it would. And I think the bigger and more telling why behind a successful strategy is 
for me, not allowing the urgency to just to, to drive your decision making, but rather sticking to the decisions that you've outlined for yourself when you are clear minded and you were able to create this strategy in place for yourself, not abandoning your saving strategy, for example. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't audit from time to time your circumstances or what's going on in the world to ensure that your dollars are being optimized in the right places at all times. But making a course correction out of scarcity or out of a perceived level of urgency is different than making a course correction because something is not flat out working. So you might be thinking to yourself as you're listening to this, like how how do I tell the difference? That's all great, John, but how do I tell the difference between a proper course correction and just abandoning our, you know, abandoning the strategy because I'm I'm operating out of scarcity. Well, I, I'd like to consider uh, or, or frame it um, with two two different ways to look at this. I think the first one is straight up asking yourself, "Am I operating my decisions out of scarcity?" So, for example, am I afraid that I won't have enough in retirement and therefore I need to take bigger risks with my investments? Well, do you actually know if that's true or not? Something as simple as like a like a simple online financial calculator, and yes, we we run complex retirement calculations too, but just an online calculator can help you better understand, are you operating with this assumption of running out of money for no reason? Um, maybe the math is there and it does support you know where you think and when you're going to retire and you're doing all the right things already and you're just you're scared because you don't know. and and I, I can actually remember. I'm changing the 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 course of this conversation a little bit, but I can remember operating out of a scarcity mindset when it came to Matt and I starting Canterpath. Is this a good idea? Is the grass greener? Will I fail? I was certainly told by a lot of people that that we would, and the, the list goes on. And and I I deferred that decision. Uh, Matt and I both deferred that decision in our careers for probably longer than we should have or needed to because of being afraid and because of this idea of scarcity. And it's, I guess it's kind of funny that once you start doing these things that you think you aren't capable of, you, you create a new baseline, like you gap up to a new baseline and you find out that, wow, not only are you in fact capable of it, you're probably capable of even more. So again, first question, am I operating my decisions out of scarcity? I think the second one is, am I placing an emphasis on what I can be doing and what I have control over or am I worrying about the things that I cannot control? Now, this jives really well with last week's podcast. If you listen to it with Rich uh, about your sphere of power, it is so easy for us to go negative sometimes on the things that happen to us, but it's really important not to stay there for long. So during COVID is another great reminder uh, of, of this happening. I can't think of any other time in the stock market history that I can recall that the U.S. markets dropped as fast and as hard as they did. It was something like the S&P, you know, over a three-week stretch was somewhere around 30% negative in three weeks. I mean, that's an incredibly short period of time. Very easy to start letting, you know, your, your circumstances and the environment dictate what you do next. So saying it another way, we're, we're now reacting to information. And anyone who, let's say, sold sold off in the market during that period of time of March of 2020, they secured their losses. Meanwhile, if you didn't change anything, um, if you actually look at the S&P 500, it ended up something like positive 15% on that year in 2020. So sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't look like 
it's not always, it doesn't have to be as severe as what I just kind of painted the picture of. It doesn't have to be this global catastrophe, but instead it could be a series of personal hardships in your life. Uh, We all know that feeling when it rains, it pours. That's, that's the famous line. You have a flat tire. uh, You need to replace not only one tire, but now the other tire uh, because they have to both be replaced at the same time. And then you get home and you find out, gosh, my AC stopped working. And now that requires a significant investment uh, into buying a new AC unit. That piling on effect can feel like you can't ever get ahead. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes those hardships require you to work your way through them. Um, But that's what you have control over. At times when things pile up on me, listen, I'm not uh, immune to this. I'm a human. You know, I find that I I spend a day or two in self-loathing. I might get sad about a hardship that we're going through. But eventually finding the resolve to snap out of that and find a way to work out of your situation is really important. So how do you actually apply this, this mindset of abundance instead of scarcity, which is the first point I made, or the ability to focus on what I can do and what I can control versus what I can't control, which is the second kind of point I'm making and and the one that Rich made last week. Well, yeah, it's hard. Um, Good planning uh, ahead of time, talking through potential conflicts uh, before they can arise, sometimes with a significant other or a friend or what have you, just to kind of plan how you would react. I find that that's really useful when it comes to financial planning and investing, which is a lot of the premise of, of this conversation, but you can see how this webs out to many, many areas of your life. I find that having these well-laid plans of, let's say, your targeted saving strategy or your rebalance in, in portfolio strategy that gives you the confidence not to deviate when, it, when there's an urgent crisis happening and it feels like you should. You should. It, it, it seems that uh, as I said, you know, I, I really feel like this metaphor can apply to growth in so many other areas besides just investing in your financial future. I mean, think about, you know, we, you know, we talk about our kids a lot on the show, investing in your children, right? Taking the time to invest our energy into growing them and building them, reading to my kids, teaching them, letting them learn from their own mistakes. My goodness, that's like, that is like the hardest thing for me to do is watching them struggle, knowing that. I could come in and fix it really easily, but that would actually be worse for them in the long run than letting them figure things out on their own. So, you know, for me so far, that's been, you know, one of the hardest parts about being a parent or, you know, maybe it looks like investing in your own mental health, taking the time to, taking the time to plant for me looks like exercising, meditating, eating healthy. And then the shade that comes later is how I feel when I do those things. And I, when I'm not doing those things, I'm definitely not my best self. And that's a, you know, mental health and fitness, those are actually great examples because you can start to feel those rewards almost immediately. Like you have a good, you have a good workout, you feel the endorphins immediately. Investing for the long term is so much harder because that takes so many years of compounding interest and discipline and hard work to get to that point. And so anyway, I I, I guess I could go on and on about this, but I think my uh, this is kind of like my positive obsessions podcast from a couple of months ago. My goal is not to preach at you, but to help at least give you perspective of patience or to add on to what Rich talked about last week with your sphere of power, focusing on what you do and how you react is ultimately what matters, not the things that happen to you. If you do the work on the front end, you set the wheels in motion, all you're doing after that is providing the proper sun and the proper water. You're not having to uproot this proverbial tree every time the latest investment fad comes out. In fact, 
you'll have even more confidence in yourself and in the decisions that you made that you set forth not to deviate off track from your plan. So listen, uh, I know this was a short one today, but I want to thank you all for listening to our show. It means the world to me. We love coming on here and, and doing these uh, these episodes. And if you don't already know, of course, you know, you can, um, you're, you're listening to this podcast on whatever streaming platform you are, but we also have a YouTube channel so you can watch these podcasts instead of just listening to them. So I'd love for you to maybe hop over there give us a follow, give us a like on our YouTube channel and check us out there. But until next week, we will, we will talk to you soon. And thank you so much for hanging out with me today on Above Board.